This is Running the Race with Pastor Eddie Pinero of Calvary Chapel of Milford in Milford, Pennsylvania. It's not about the law. It's not about doing works. It's a relationship. When people ask, what religion are you? He says, I hate religion. Jesus hates religion. But if you must know, I'm non-denominational. I don't label myself anything. I'm a believer in Jesus Christ. But it's not about religion. It's about a relationship with Jesus Christ. That's what it is. That's what it's all about. And now we have been adopted. Many of us are all too familiar with the old adage, it's not a religion, it's a relationship. However cliche this might be, It doesn't make it any less true when it comes to Christianity. In today's message, Pastor Eddie emphasizes the importance of this foundation to our faith as believers in Christ. In our study, we're reminded that it's by none other than a profession of Christ that we're adopted into God's kingdom as children and heirs. Much more than knowing about God, we get to know Him personally. Well, let's join Pastor Eddie in Romans chapter 8 for today's edition of Running the Race. God, we don't need to fear God as a, one who is a slave to the law, one who is a slave to his master. We don't have that fear. No more. We've been set free. He's not giving us a spirit of fear. You see, those who are living under the law like slaves who are bossed around by their master are shadowed by the fear of punishment because if they can't fulfill the law, if they break the law, there is a fear of punishment. Consequences. We don't have that fear. We don't have that fear. We've been set free. We're not in bondage of the sin. We're not a slave to the law. We've been set free. But we, children of God, did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but we have what? Received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. We receive God's spirit. We are adopted into his family. And so this this. This, we now could call God, Abba, Father. Father God, Abba, Father. Galatians chapter 4, verse 6. Paul writes to the church of Galatia. He says, and because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. The word Abba is Aramaic for dad, Papa. It's a term of endearment. There is a title of a father, and we could say that person is a father. But you can't, if that person is not your biological father or adopted father, you can't call that person dad. Only the ones that he is a father to can say, Abba, Father. So can everyone call God Abba? You see, God is who he is, and that's his title. He is God. He is God to the whole world. He is God to all creation. However, not anyone and not everyone can call him Abba, Father. They can know him as God. They can acknowledge him as God. But not all can say Abba, Father. 
when you go to Israel, you know, if you ever get the chance to go to Israel, you hear that all the time. There's not been there for a time. There hasn't been a time where I haven't hear a child, a, a young girl, a young boy call this, call their father Abba. That's what they call the father. Just like we here in America, you, Dad, Dad. You know, you hear it. That's how it is in Israel. Abba, Abba is a beautiful word because you know why it's scriptural. And it, it's, it, it it reminds me that I can call him Abba. So we're all God's creation. But not all God's children. And so not everyone could call him Abba Father. Those that have not accepted Christ, has not been adapted, adopted into the family of God, cannot call him Abba. Not even the angels, the angelic hosts in heaven can call God Abba. You know, if you study Revelation, you, you hear the songs. Ever do a study of the songs in Revelation? Uh, what they cry out and who cries out? Only the group that cries out salvation are the saints, are the ones that, are, that Christ died for. Christ never died for angels. Angels, you know, they're angelic beings. They, they don't have souls. So not even the angels can cry out, Abba, Father. When we get to heaven, we can say, Abba, Father. And the angels could be just looking and say, wow, you know, I've been here and I witnessed God in all his glory. I've been in the heavenly scene and I can't call him. That's what Paul says, that the angels are watching us, studying us. Who are these people that he loves so much that he died for and now adapted them to the family and they could call him Abba? Isn't that incredible? There are angels right now in heaven that don't have the privilege that you and I have. They don't have that privilege. Yeah, they could see God in all his glory. Yes, they could see him sit on a throne. They could see Jesus and they could see the Holy Spirit and they could see all of heaven in his beauty, but they don't have the privilege that you and I have. Matter of fact, we have that privilege right now. Christ is in us. The Holy Spirit is in us. He's upon us. Angels don't have that privilege. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. And so this father and, and child or daughter, it's, it's a relationship. And I think that's where the world needs to understand. It's not religion. It's not a bunch of rules and religion. It's not denomination or demonation, whatever you call it. It's not about the law. It's not about doing works it's a relationship. When people ask, what religion are you? He says, I hate religion. Jesus hates religion. But if you must know, I'm non-denominational. I don't label myself anything. I'm a believer in Jesus Christ. But it's not about religion. It's about a relationship with Jesus Christ. That's what it is. That's what it's all about. And now we've been adopted. And so who can call God Abba Father? Those that accepted Christ. And Lord and personal Savior. And again, you know, for those who haven't, there's an opportunity for them to join the family of God. Not just to know about God, but to know him personally. The Greek word is konosko. Yeah, we know about Billy Graham. We know about the President of the United States, but we don't know them personally. There are many people who know God, know him by name. But the important thing is the relationship is to know him personally. Verse 16, the spirit himself, speaking of a person, bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. So if you're not too sure, you just read the word of God 
and you see the definition of who falls into the definition of who can call God Abba Father. Who's going to, as you read this, the Holy Spirit is ministering to you now. You know, it's not saying you have to have goosebumps and start bumping and crashing into chairs. It's confirming the word. It's confirming to you. The Spirit himself bear witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And the Holy Spirit makes every believer in Jesus Christ all fully aware that their new status with God as sons and daughters of God. It bear witness to us, a confirmation. Isn't that great that, you know, you read things that you're not too sure and you want confirmation? The Holy Spirit bears witness that you are sons and daughters of God. You belong to him because you accepted Christ as Lord and personal Savior. Interesting enough that, you know, God is consistent. He is so consistent. And, you know, when you look at the Old Testament and the Old Testament laws, and you find, us in Deut- you find this in Deuteronomy and, and the book of Leviticus, where it says that by the mouth of two or three witnesses, the matter shall be established. You have to have two witnesses, not just one person. And this morning, you may have been part of the body of Christ for some time. And now this morning, it's never meant more to you that you're a son and daughter of God. And the Holy Spirit is ministering that to you. And you yourself see it. And there's confirmation in God's word. And through the Holy Spirit that you are sons and daughters of God. It seals the matter. And so the Holy Spirit bear witness to our spirit that we are children of God. We have the Holy Spirit. And it is witness that we are born again. The Spirit also confirms that we are Children of God, both you and the Holy Spirit can testify that. Verse 16, the Spirit himself bear witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Verse 17, and if children, here's more, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. Paul believes this so much that he didn't only wrote it to the church in Rome, but he writes the same message to the church in Galatia, in Galatians chapter 6, verses 6 to 7. He says, and because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father, verse 7. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. The inheritance that we have is unbelievable. The inheritance that we have with God is eternal. It's real. It's not just acknowledging there's a God, but now we can call God Abba, Father. Now, you probably missed verse 17. You probably didn't know something. If it did minister to you, great. But sometimes I read through this and it's like, oh. But now, you know, after when you do study, you, you really look at it. Let us read 17 again. If children, that if is in other words, since, Paul's saying, since you're children, since children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. Not only are we heirs of God, it's a bigger picture when you put and joint heirs with Christ. We're heirs with God, but joint heirs with Christ. That makes a difference. That's like the bonus. That's the bonus. That's like if I asked for a double cheeseburger, they gave me three pads. 
three triple cheeseburger. That's a bone. They gave me fries. They supersized it for me without me asking. That's what it's talking about. Because heirs of God and joint heirs of God. In other words, we are not only heirs of God, but we're joint heirs, co-heirs with Christ, co-inheritors of all Christ has. Joint heirs with Christ. That means that all that Christ has, we're joining in that inheritance. With Christ. So you want to know how much you're going to inherit, inherit through God as heritors in the family of God? As much as Christ has. And what does Christ have? <laughs> it's innumerable. It, it, he has everything. You see, Paul is, he didn't say just heirs of God. Heirs of God and joint heirs of Christ. He included that in to say, listen, you're not just going to receive a portion, but you're going to receive a huge portion. You're going to receive almost everything. As much as Christ has, you're going to receive what Christ has. He has everything. What does he own? What does he have? He has everything. The psalmist writes in Psalms 24 verse 1, he said, the earth is the Lord's and all its fullness, the world and those who dwell therein. He created everything. That's incredible. Not only now we can call him Abba Father and, and we inherit this. Think about what you brought to the table. What you brought to the table for this relationship. Absolutely nothing. What I brought to the table for all this, absolutely nothing. When I went to the cross, I was empty. I had nothing to offer. I deserve to be on the cross. I deserve the punishment. I deserve the wrath of God. What did I come to this table to inherit all this? Nothing. Jesus did it all. And because of Jesus, we have the Holy Spirit. And because we have the Holy Spirit, we have this strength. We have this ability to overcome We have now an inheritance. We can call God our father. Because we are sons and daughters of God, heirs and joint heirs of Christ. We have the privilege of relating to him as our father, just as Jesus had. No difference. And you know, the love of God is no no different. He doesn't love Jesus more than he loves you. That's a misconception. Because if God is their portion, God is to divide Loving one greater than the other, then that means God's love is limited. It has a value. God is, is un, he just, you can't measure his love. It's unconditional. It can't be defined. It can't be measured. It is not something he carries in his pockets. It's something who he is. He loves his son and he loves you just as much as he loves his son. And Jesus loves you as much as he loves the father. That is love. And that's why God is love. And to see that he loves us so much that we've been adapted into this family. We could call him father, Abba father. We could, you know, join into the inheritance of what God has in heaven. It's awesome. It's the same relationship, the same inheritance, the same fellowship, the same love. However, that can only happen. That can only happen. And what it says at the end of verse 17. What does it say at the end of verse 17? If indeed we suffer with him, the Holy Spirit in us, and if indeed we suffer with him. A lot of Christians love to be Christians. You're watching on TBN. Oh, everything's all great. No thorn in my flesh. I'm living great. 
That's not the truth. That's not true Christian living. They make it seem like it's, it's all roses being a Christian. It's not. We suffer just like everybody else in the world, but we, we just better off because we have God. And you, you look at something like this, we have to suffer if we indeed suffer with him. Paul knows that that's what a relationship is all about, even through suffering. You hear in a, in, in a marriage, through sickness, through health, you know, people don't listen to those things. Through death, may death do your part. <laughs> Say, really, you have to do death? Yes. That's what love is all about. I know you're probably saying, Eddie, Pastor Eddie, why do you have to end up there? Hey, it's the inspired word of God. The inspired word of God. And you know, I have no problem with that. I have no problem. I have no problem to suffer for Christ. No problem whatsoever. Because I love him. Because he first loved me. And because he suffered greatly for me. He left his throne in glory. Didn't have to do it. Even cried out there in the Garden of Gethsemane, Father, is there another way, any way to salvation, any way that man could come to you? Not my will, but your will be done. Even being offered a way, an easier way, when Lucifer, Satan, tried to... uh, tempt him when he was fasting. He said, Jesus, all this kingdom is mine. You know that. There's no argument there. I took it from Adam. I purchased it way back in the garden. I'll give you all this if you bow to me. You want the world. You came to die for these people. You love them so much. But you know what? I got an easier way for you. You don't have to go to the cross and suffer. All you got to do is bow to me. I'll give it to you. Jesus, that was the greatest temptation, I believe, in Christ's ministry. But Jesus took the long route. He did it the right way. He paid for my way. And so I have no problem suffering for him because he suffered for me. It doesn't matter what this world has to offer. It has nothing to offer me. But as Christians, we, we're willing to you know, be Christians when things are good. We love our ears to be tickled. But there's a part of being a Christian that you're going to suffer. Philippians chapter 1, verses 29 and 30 Paul writes to the church of Philippi, he says, for to you, it has been granted on behalf, been granted on behalf of Christ, not only to believe in him, we have no problem there, but also to suffer for his sake. Having the same conflict, that word conflict is the Greek word agon, where we get the word agony. Having the same agony which you saw in me, and now here is in me. Paul also tells Timothy, his protege, as just at the end of his ministry, writes his letter to Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 12. He says, yes, all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. I'm not here to scare you. There's nothing to be afraid of. Greater is he who is in me than he's in the world. Jesus says, why worry about the one who can take away the flesh? Worry about the one who can take away the flesh and the soul. <laughs> Only God could do that. Again, in America, we don't understand what that is. So be at peace. I think, who knows? I'm not going to get political here, but I think the next four years we'll be okay. However, this is God's grace. He doesn't want you to worry. Because let's finish reading verse 17. It doesn't stop there. If indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. See? Holy Spirit knows where you are. You know, you're reading this little verse by verse, chapter by chapter, as we study it. And now there is hope that we may glorify, be glorified together with him. 
That's how we're going to end up with God. We're going to be just like him as we see him face to face, the Bible says. The time will come, whether he calls the church up in a rapture or whether he calls you personally ahead of time, I mean, because he loves you. We're going to see him face to face. I want to end with a story. I love this story. There were two young boys signing up for Little League. They go to the table. The coach is there taking everyone's names and their information, their date of birth. And so these two boys go together, they're brothers, and they give the coach their information, their their names, their address, but something happened when they both gave him their date of birth. He writes the date of birth, and he sees that the date of birth for both of these boys are only three months apart, just three months apart. So he inquired, he asked, are you guys brothers? Yeah, we're brothers. Well, how is it that you're only three months apart? Did one of you give me the wrong date of birth? They looked at their date of birth and he says, no, that's right. That's our date of birth. But it's three months apart. They said, oh, one of you were adopted? And one of the kids said, yeah, that's why we're, one of us is adopted. So he asked, which one? The other boy said, we don't know. Every time we ask our dad, which one of us were adopted, he keeps saying, I forget. It's a beautiful story. It's a beautiful story. Whether it's true or not, I read it a few times. I just love it. It almost, it breaks me. Because you know why? That's how God considers each and every one of us. Who's first? Who's second? (laughs) Who's the greatest? He loves us all the same. We're adopted into this family, and we're all the same. We all could call him Abba, Father. And saints, because of Jesus Christ, we're adopted into his family. We're heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ Jesus. It's a beautiful thing. So now you know your place. That's why I love the word of God. We just read it. I think there's so much treasure in the word of God, and there's so many things that we just flip over and just skip over and we like the things that tickle our ears but if we understand who we are in Christ the greater we will live and the more joyful our lives will be to know who we are in Christ I am saved I am a child of God co-heir is with Christ when we get to heaven it's all going to be the same because you know why the church is the bride of Christ And according to God, husband and wife is considered what? One flesh. It's not like in the world, you know, they get a divorce and now they go into court for half of their property. It's not going to happen like that in heaven. We're going to be together. We're going to share everything together forever and ever. Amen. Pastor Eddie Pinero has been digging into the book of Romans with us here on Running the Race. We hope you've been encouraged by what you've heard today and that you're eager to learn more about Jesus. If you'd like to listen to more messages by Eddie, visit our website at runningtheraceradio.com. There you'll also find a link to our podcast where you can subscribe to receive up-to-date messages each time they're available. If you're in the New York, New Jersey, or Pennsylvania area, why not come be a part of our weekly worship service? We gather each Sunday at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m., and again on Wednesday at 7 p.m. for Bible study, worship, and getting to know each other better. 
Find more information at runningtheraceradio.com. Right now, Tracy has some information about how you can be a part of the ministry here at Running the Race. Radio programs like Running the Race are wonderful tools that God uses to advance His kingdom here on earth. And as with any ministry, there are expenses involved. Today's broadcast was professionally produced, and God has given us a vision to see Running the Race expand throughout the tri-state area. Would you prayerfully consider financially supporting Running the Race? Log on to runningtheraceradio.com and simply click on the Give option to help us continue to grow. Thanks, Tracy. There's much more to learn from the Book of Romans on the next edition of Running the Race.